Love the Lord your God. This is your calling, parents. On fire for your God. Amen. Well, it's great to be here with you. Great to be worshiping with you, whether you're joining us here online or you're here in person. Man, we are here to make much of Jesus Christ. It's been a great worship service so far and continuing forward, looking to celebrate the King of the universe. May He get all the glory. It is too easy to make church all about something kind of buffet shopping style. It's all about me. Let's make sure we make it all about Jesus Christ and all of God's people said. Amen. So that said, hey, we're talking about being a light on a hill. We're talking about taking that love, that passion of Jesus Christ, and taking that to the streets, however, in whatever way. What does it look like for me to represent my Savior in this world, right? We talked in the first week of this series, Light on a Hill. We talked about what it is to have Him pouring into my life, the God of the universe, the one who is love, the one who is compassion, the one who is forgiveness, as He pours into my soul filling me up, as that then spills to the streets, how does that affect my relationships? How does that affect my friendships? That's what we worked on the next week. And then how does that affect even my following of leadership? What does that look like? God, may you truly impact my soul. And today we're actually going to be talking about what it means to be a godly parent. Right? I mean, a couple of fitting things. We're sending off a group of high school students who are going away to be making an impact for the kingdom. What is it to raise our kids up in a way that allows them to have a passion for Christ and a passion for ministry? Or maybe here's another way to say it. Today is move up Sunday, right? Some of you parents in here are like, yes, we know. Right? And I know Move Up Sunday can bring its own set of issues and concerns and heartaches for the little ones as we raise them through that and help them get adjusted to change. And what does it mean to be a godly parent? So we're going to look at two different passages today. Turn with me, if you will, at first to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Point number one, a godly parent will shepherd the heart of their child. A godly parent will shepherd the heart of their child. Now, you might be here this morning and you're like, um, this is great, but I don't have kids. Or this is great, but I'm not married. This is great, but I've already raised my kids. And I'm just telling you, there can be such a worshipful focus as we walk through these passages, seeing that this is the heart of God. This is your God with you. Your worship can be rocked in every way, shape, and form. And then if you're actually in any way called to be able to help care for another, know that this then applies, all right? So here we go. A godly parent will shepherd the heart of their child. Let's just start out. He says, fathers, verse 4, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline of the Lord and in the instruction of the Lord. Let's just hold right there. It says fathers. Now, this isn't only talking to the dads in the home, but the father being the head of the house, make sure this is the tone of the home. So parents, it's very fair to hear that and read that as, as the father leads and sets the tone in the home, then the parents heading in this direction. So parents, here's the focus. Do not provoke your children to anger. Do not provoke your children to anger. Now, this isn't meaning that every time your child gets angry, it's your fault. And all of God's godly parents said, amen, right? Like, that's not what it's saying. But there are times where we've gone too far. 
There's times where we're doing something, we're bringing it in a certain way, and it provokes anger. Literally, the word there is you're angering them. And uh, you're causing an anger to well up unnecessarily, let's say it that way. And uh, so I just wrote these words. I'm provoking to anger. It's an exasperating. And uh, it's it's a causing an anger to rise up. Just so we're super clear, anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is not a primary emotion. Anger is a secondary emotion. Usually it's responding to fear or some sort of desire for safety or control. All right? So as anger is rising up, what's going on? It could be as simple as they just want their way. But it may be something way more complicated, and we need to be aware of that. So I just wrote this down. Top six ways we provoke to anger. All right? Top six ways. You're like, six ways? That's a lot on the list that I got to remember. Top six ways, all right? Here we go. They're pretty easy, pretty fast. First one, too many rules. Too many rules. Like, hey, man, we're leading a home that's structured. We want to make sure that we're living it rightly. So I have a rule for every second of your living life, right? That's too many rules, right? And I know right now every kid in here went, that's my parent. (laughs) Too many rules, right? And uh, just so you know, uh, too many rules means you start to affect every facet of life, whether it really is actually a God-honoring thing or an excellence thing or anything. You're just like, I just want to speak into it. What's Tuesday? Tuesday is blue Tuesday. Every Tuesday you're going to wear blue clothes, right? And you're like, too far, right? Allow a little bit of freedom. Allow a little bit of latitude. If you have blue Tuesday, I apologize on that. I hope, I hope you don't. <laughs> but, but just so we're super clear, like, be careful with things along the way, not making so many rules that you're actually controlling the life rather than guiding a life, right? Our goal is not to control And all of God's godly parents said, amen, all right? So too many rules. Next one, too few of rules. There's no structure whatsoever. Too few of rules. That can cause as much or more grief and anger. Leaving a child to make decisions on their own that they're clearly not ready for. Man, please be careful. The idea of raising a child up and releasing them to the Lord as a young adult is an awesome privilege. And being able to release them out on a release plan where we are properly giving them freedom along the way. That's the plan. And if you release too early, the the amount of freedom can cause huge anxieties and fears. And that will rise up in angers. Be super careful with that. Too many rules, too few rules. Next one, too few of reasons. Too few of reasons. You know, where you just command it and you don't explain why. Do this. Why? Just do it. Right? If we start to get all command, no explain, we're not helping them begin to reason through why this thing matters. We're just trying to get it tightened up. And so too few of reasons can be also a problem. Help to make sure you're explaining the point along the way. Why are we doing this? What's the point of doing this? Is a very helpful moment for a lot of hearts to come along in that. Too many rules, too few rules, too few reasons, too harsh of a tone. And I'm a little bit fed up, a little bit tired of, and so I deliver a harsh tone to make it clear that I want it different, right? And as we deliver with the harsh tone, if there's a sense of what? I didn't know I was 
then there's a, a rising up of anger, of defensiveness that can come in that. Be careful on the use of the tone of voice. Too harsh of a tone can be a really huge deal. Now, to be clear, certain times harshness is needed, right? And I'll just say, like your child is about ready to run in the street and doesn't see the car. Sweetheart, let me explain to you why we don't want to go in the street and... Dude, use tone sometimes, right? Be real on that. Make sure you understand the severity of it and you get involved. If it's needed, you must bring that. And I'm telling you, there are times that are deeply critical, very serious, and you need to be speaking in and getting that stopped right now for their protection. You love them too much, we'll talk about tone later. Like this needs to be managed, stop. But then there are other times where you're just fed up and you use the same tone as if a car was going to hit them. And that's not a good plan. Everybody's saying, not that. So be careful of the tone, all right? And uh, too harsh of a tone. Too little of attention. Like a lot of rules, no time with me. Too little of attention. This can be very difficult. As you're living a life, as you have multiple kids, you may have to carry a job along with it. And trying to balance this makes a lot of decisions have to be made. And be wise to it. Trying to spend some time where you're able to laugh together, you're able to cry together, you're able to hear them. Spend a little time with them where it's not just rule management, right? Relationship time goes a long, long way. Dad, please hear me on this. Relationship time from you goes a long, long way. And uh, it's a blast to be able to be with the kids. It's a blast to see them grow up. Make it a blast to be able to laugh with them and play with them and have fun with them. And I'll just tell you, being a grandparent now, we have the sweet privilege of largely just having some fun and then being able to manage the rules enough to be able to keep our daughter and son-in-law honored in their decisions, making sure we don't run over that. That's a huge deal. And being able to honor what they're going after in it as well. And uh, super easy with them. They got great decisions and we're following along with that and helping support that. And all of God's grandparents said, it's a huge, super huge deal, man. Make sure you are a, a help and a, a, an honor and an assist to your kids, not an annoying opposite, right? Help lead that along the way. And uh, so too little of attention and a sweet attention at that. And then the last one, too much attention and it's all negative. Too much negative attention. Like I'm giving you attention all day long. Not that, not that, not that. Move over there. Stop it. Knock it off. There you go. Like, not that kind of attention and interaction either. Being able to find ways where you can say yes, okay? Don't say yes to the things you should say no to, but being able to find ways to say yes to things and enjoy time along the way and laugh and joke around. We had our grandson at the house and he wanted to go play in the sprinkler. Then it's sprinkler time and I'm ready, I'm in. Let's go play in the sprinkler. Like, let's have some fun. Let's enjoy time together. Let's spend a little time together and at the same time know that there's times where we need to keep the boundaries. And all of God's people said, top six ways we can provoke to anger, right? So too many rules, too few rules, too few reasons, too harsh of a tone, too little of attention, too much negative attention. That's a lot of not, right? So what does it look like? says, but bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. Bring them up, like model it and then train it. Like live it, 
Now call them to it with you, right? Bring them up does not mean tell them how they should live, but you're not gonna live it that way. Bring them up. You live it and you call them to follow along with you in that. Bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. This is a word that means uh, many things, discipline. Uh, In our language today, discipline kind of just goes with the punishment side of it. But it means so much more in the original language word. It means to educate, to train, and to correct along the way. It's the combination to educate, to train, and to correct along the way. All of that is a part of it. Bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. That means these are the things that honor God. That means these are the things that God desires. And uh, we're going to talk about this in just a minute here, but there's a lot of things being taught right now about finding what the little one desires. And that's great. I understand working with them. We're going to be wise to that. But if you set down what God desires and lose track of that, man, is it going to go off the rails? Make sure that it's about first and foremost what God desires of the Lord, right? And being able to manage that. And it says, uh, bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. That's in verse four. But if you go back to verses one and two, it actually says what the goal for children is, all right? And uh, point number one, or verse number one, it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. To be able to respect and understand my parents in charge, I do need to let them lead, obey. It's allowing them to lead. And uh, hey, kids in the room, if you're living in your parents' house in any way, shape, or form, and uh, you know, we'll call it college age and under, know this, there is a level of obeying that needs to happen, a level of you're in charge. Now, as you get older, there should be a release plan going on, but the reality is we do need to be able to respect and understand our parents. And especially if you're in you know, grade school, junior high, high school, there's a level of what did my mom and dad ask for? Make sure there's an obeying in that. And parents, as you lead, you're leading them to understand that obeying you is essential. It's a part of it. Okay, now, again, it's not the overly excessive, all the list of six we just went through, but being able to listen and understand them. Raise them to hear you, raise them to allow you to lead, okay? And it says after that, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Honor your father and mother. Your tone towards them matters. Their tone towards you matters. And just taking a little bit of time to be able to help them understand that an honor and a respect along the way is a hugely important deal. How they begin to treat you is how they will begin to view and treat God. Make sure that you know that and you allow that to go down. Now the goal isn't hyper control and the goal isn't trying to get them to do exactly what you would do in your way in your time, but the goal is to be able to guide that life towards a massive worship of their God and being able to see God do huge things in it. You know, the world would say it this way, Uh, Let them lead. Their emotions rule the day. Don't say no. I've actually pulled these off of the internet this week. Don't say no. Please, please don't do that. (laughs) Right? We get to a point where we're not actually parenting anything. We're the funder of all of their fun and rebellion. Like, that's not the plan. Be careful. Be cautious in that. Be wise to that. But there's another side to that, which is super gentle and careful in how you lead. And so let's get to that. And 
Uh, it says, and bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. Bring them up in the instruction of the Lord. Some kind of teaching and training and guiding gently, carefully, every day. So I just wrote these words down, how to do it. First of all, have a clear plan. Mom and dad, have a clear plan. What things do matter? I'll even say this, grandparents, have a clear plan for what it looks like for you to interact with your grandchildren and to be able to honor your kids who are taking care of your grandkids and to be able to work together on that. Have a clear plan and make sure you're working together on it. Um, maybe even say it this way, and make sure you've got a few Bible verses that matter. Children, obey your parents, honor your father and mother. Those are a great start. Those are big, broad ones though. But make sure you've got a, how about love the Lord your God and love others as you like love yourself. There's a lot that's going on that teaches a child to be able to get very in touch with themselves. Make sure they're also caring for those around them. A clear plan. Make sure you've got a little bit of it decided. Make sure you could put it in voice. Make sure you've even got a few words as you go on it. By the way, it should include like personal care, like taking care of themselves a little bit, even growing. It should include personal care. It should include love God, it should include love others. It should include hard work. And all of God's people said, it should include hard work and it should include rest well. Rest well. And if you go back over the pre previous generations, each one of those became the target of blowing off. Forget the rest, just work. Forget the work, just rest, right? Forget God, just others. Forget anybody, just me. Like put these all together and you'll see it start to make a huge impact in your home. Yes, personal care. Yes, loving God. Yes, loving others. Yes, working hard. Yes, resting well. And if you can kind of pull that package deal together gently as you move along, man, God is just going to be so blessing and glorifying into that home. So clear plan. And here's another one, right motive. If you're teaching instruction, have right motive. Right motive in your own heart. Right? And right motive in their heart. In fact, there's a book out called Shepherding a Child's Heart. And it's a fantastic book talking about making sure you get to the bottom of what's going on in a child's think and in a child's want. Like, don't just command. Don't just behavior modify. I need you to do this. I don't care why you did it. I just need you to do it. Not that. But actually beginning to get to the bottom of what's going on in the motives What's going on in the thinking and being able to help them come along in that. Being able to ask a question that might help you learn something about why they're not getting it right now. And being able to take a little journey in that. And I'll say it this way. If they're not doing what you want done, first, take the deep breath. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Take the deep breath. Try to understand it. Maybe explain it. Help them get what's going on and grasp it, right? It's super important that you get through that. Use a soft tone, a tender tone along the way. But please hear me, but you're not passive. You're not losing control of the moment. You're helping to communicate and shepherd in that. If you were on in your 17th explanation to them, tell me again now why you're not doing what I've asked. Like, let's talk about why you feel that way. It's probably time to be done talking. Maybe even done talking by four or five times. 
It's time for them to be able to learn it. They're allowed to voice where they're at. You're helping them come along, but they do need to understand that you're in charge in this. That is a big deal. Now, you may learn something as you're talking with your child and be like, oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, that's not what I meant. And you can nudge it, adjust it, shape it. And there's a great communicate and interact going on. That's awesome. That's called shepherding the child's heart. You're not just bossing and commanding. You're trying to help understand and move them along. But please hear me, that is not the same as a hostage negotiation. You hear me? That's not like you're just going to keep them on the phone as long as you can. Maybe they'll come across. Everybody say, not that. Dude, it's not hostage negotiation. You are in charge ultimately. You're trying to help them get it. You're trying to come along with them, but you're coming along. And all of God's people said... Like it's a big deal that you get that. It's a huge moment for you to understand. I'll say it this way. There's a phrase out there now called gentle parenting, which means watch your tone and be able to understand what they're thinking and feeling and, and go through that. That's awesome. Just don't go so far. Gentle parenting, but not permissive parenting. Gentle parenting, but not permissive parenting. Don't get to the point where they actually define what it's going to be. You're leading, you're guiding, you're assigning, God-honoring, but you're helping them understand why I love you. And here we go. Gentle parenting, not permissive parenting. Even think of it this way. Respectful parenting, mindful. These are words that would be great for your kid to be able to be learning. How to be respectful, how to be mindful, how to love God, how to love others. May God get all the glory, all right? And uh, that's a lot of words. Let's just bring it down to this. Clear plan, just helping to adjust their motives as you walk along. It's not behavior modification slam downs. It's not rough tone to deliver it. It's trying to walk them along a journey, gentle but not permissive. God gets all the glory. And all of God's people said... I'll just say this to you. If you've got some kids, let's just throw some ages out. Ages zero to nine very concrete thinkers. Like, we said it, we're doing it. Like, it's very concrete physical tasks to be done, and helping them walk through that works really well. As you get into that kind of 9, 10, and up, much more complex, abstract thinking. Helping them to understand purposes and reasonings and how things come together, super important. Them beginning to understand they have more responsibility, super important. And being able to raise them up in it. I mentioned a book called Shepherding a Child's Heart. There's another book called Age of Opportunity written by the other Tripp brother. They're both written by Tripps as authors, T-R-I-P-P. And uh, Age of Opportunity covers that kind of ages 10 and up, 9, 10 in that range. Beginning to interact with on a little bit more complex level. And explaining a little bit more of the detail and helping them get it along the way can really help it go a long way. I'm just telling you for us, this was a huge deal in our home. And in fact, we had two daughters, both of them super sweet and both of them honestly getting it on large measure most of the time. Uh, There was a little bit of time that I have permission for this story. So before you start cringing, And he just broke parent rule number 32. He told other people about what went on, right? No, like this, I've got permission. I talked to Megan, like there was in her 10th birthday summer, birthdays were a big deal for Meg. And when she had a birthday, she would begin to process how old she is and how awesome she is and how much we were wrong. 
right? And she began to process that at her 10th birthday. And as she began to process that, started to get a little bit more pushback. And we couldn't figure out why. We were like, something different is happening this summer. It's a little harder push. It's a little more bite. She's not happy with. She is getting frustrated by. What is going on? And one thing I noticed all of a sudden was, you know, we are treating her exactly the same we've treated her for like the last 10 years. There's been very little modification. In fact, she's got a littler sister who's eight, and uh, we're treating her the exact same way. So we ended up saying, okay, look, let's try this. She's 10 years old. We're going to honor this fact with a little bit of change. We said, here's what we're going to do. You get to stay up a little bit later, just a little bit, while we're putting your other sister to bed earlier. We're going to do a few things with her, and then you. You're going to be able to stay up a little bit longer, 15, 20 minutes, whatever you decide is right. But we decided a little bit longer, you get a little bit more honor. And going to the pool is a huge deal for you. Now, the pool was only two blocks away for us, but we had a rule that you go with us. The street in front of our house was a little busier. It had a stop sign at the end, but it was a little busier. So we always had the rule, you just go with us. And she had to wait, and her other friends didn't have to wait. And we're like, okay, let's go soft on that. Here's what we're going to do. You can go down to the stop sign, and you're going across the street carefully and wisely, but you can go by yourself, and you can go ahead of us, and you can go check yourself into the pool, and go set up with your friends, and go get in the water, and have a good time, and we'll be there in the next half hour. And we actually had a strategic goal of going a little bit slow to make sure she could get there and have fun doing that. And she ended up getting on her bike and taking off. She could not believe how mature she was. As she booked it over to the stop sign, got off, walked the bike across after looking both ways, did it all correctly, walked across. Of course, we're in the driveway going, okay. <laughs> it worked, we did okay. Right? And we get her to the pool, she's good, and then we go over, meet up with her, we're having a blast with her. I'm telling you, a handful of days of that, she didn't even care if she went to the pool by herself anymore. It was a privilege, now she can choose. We had a great time and a whole different temperament rolled in the rest of the summer. Hey parents, heads up, there's something big that happens in that age, we'll call it eight, nine, 10 with the girls, maybe a little bit older for the guys. Every kid is different. You have to kind of reason it through. But as they're being raised up, making some sense out of, is it time for a little bit of change? By the way, at 10 years old, it was not, all right, well, why don't you just decide everything you do with your little life now and we're done? Like we don't back out, we're not over with it. She's walking that journey and it's just a little bit of release to honor her along the way. John and I ended up naming that the release plan, and it's a little bit at a time. Don't release too much too soon, but walking along a journey and making sure that all the way up through junior high and then high school and then late high school, so by the time they're getting to college, they are living life largely on their own and aren't scaring the living snot out of you as you send them to college. And all of God's people said, <laughs> it's a huge deal, the release plan and moving along the way and recognizing their ability and making sure that freedoms match the ability. By the way, if they don't take advantage of that freedom in the right way and it goes all train wreck, freedoms get pulled back a little bit. It's not, well, I'm 10, you said. That comes along with responsible behavior. And that all worked out. We continued to keep it out there and growing, right? That's a sweet, sweet moment of interacting with your child. Okay, I know there's a lot of words to that. There's a lot of thoughts along the way. Every child is unique. There's not a cookie cutter answer, but at the same time, there are some basics to keep in play. 
and all of God's people said. All right, point number two, we're actually going to go to a whole another passage. Let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter six, starting in verse four. Deuteronomy six, this is actually Old Testament, right? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So it's the fifth book of the Old Testament, right? And uh, so turn to Deuteronomy chapter six. Gotta love hearing the sound of pages turn. Verse four. Point number two, a godly parent will model following and loving Jesus. A godly parent will model following and loving Jesus. He says, hear, O Lord, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. In the Hebrew culture, this is called the Shema. Why? Because the first two words, hear and O Israel, all tied together, it's Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. This was repeated all the time in the home. This was understood and grasped by the family as one of the major battle cries. Hear, O Israel, like be alert, listen up, follow this. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, all caps, Yahweh, the God of the universe, the one who can be personally known, is one. There is one way, there is one truth, one hope, one God, and we lean on him. And this super complex God who has so many characters atta- characteristics attached to him, the Lord is one. One being, not multiple, not many gods all over the universe, one God, one being, one essence. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. All in. Everybody just say all in. Not holding back anything. You, he's talking to the parents, the adults, love the Lord your God. This is your calling, parents, on fire for your God. Loving Jesus Christ all in, no holding back everything. Head, heart, mind, will, all desires everywhere. Lord God, you're in charge, you're my king. Going after it. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. It says, and these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Like if you love the Lord, you will obey the Lord. John chapter 15, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And he's like, hey, I've just told you some of the commands, the 10 commandments had just come down, but also another like, there were 600 commands that were a part of their culture. And he's like, listen, as you love the Lord, as you go after it, as you repeat these things, they're gonna be written on your heart. And you're gonna be going after an obedience as you make much of him. But your source is ultimately in love the Lord your God. Parents, the best thing you can do for your kids is love your God with all you've got and love your spouse with all you've got and begin to call them to what that looks like for them and start to see it unfold. Love the Lord your God and love others. And may love and tenderness be all over that home. It says it shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Teach them diligently. Teach them how? Diligently, like not haphazardly, not accidentally, not once every six months, whether they need it or not, I'll repeat this, but diligently, regularly, making it clear that this is what's needed. Do life with your kids 
and let them see you do life with Jesus. That's godly parenting, right? And um, I just wrote this down. Uh, Your job is not to teach your child to be independent. Your job is to teach them to transfer their dependence from you to God. You're looking to have them transfer their dependence from you as a parent to God overall in charge of their life. Now, this is a statement that's been made in our house. My wife says this a lot. And uh, man, the goal is not independence. Everybody say not independence. Do you understand how horrifying the words you just said are to the world? Not independence. That is not the goal. The goal is not a child who knows their own feelings and knows their own wants and runs over anybody to get there. That is not the goal. To love God with all they've got and to respect those around them and love others around them and go after that. They're shifting a dependence from their parents to their king. May God get all the glory. That's a huge call out. And uh, not to teach independence along the way. It says, and shall talk of them. And then it starts to give some lists of when. Shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Mom, if you're at home and the kids come home from school, I know school is now done, but when school's in session, the kids come home, it's 2.33, 3.30, to be able to have a little talk with them. How'd it go today? How'd it go with friends? How'd it go at school? How'd it go with your courses? Is there anything you're struggling with? How did it go? Just a few quick facts, a quick interact. Maybe it's even a little bit of a snack that's there with it or something so that they're enjoying being there too along with it and, and being able to interact a little bit and talking a little bit about how it went. Maybe it's at a meal. How was your day? Who'd you play with? How'd it go down? You played hoops? How'd it go? Did you win? How's that shot going for you? Like anything, just have some open conversation. It's not that every single conversation has to go to the deepest, most godly roots. Like, you played basketball? What is the theological position behind the intent of basketball in your life? And like, not necessarily that, right? It's just, what is going on? How is this happening for you? How did it go down? And being able to interact together, but being able to make clear how you interact along the way. Maybe even, what did you just watch on TV? And how did that go down? What are they saying is right? And is that right? And being able to process a little bit, make sure that as you sit in your house, you are talking about the things of God. It says when you walk by the way, like when you're working or relaxing or wherever you're going, when you walk by the way, this is as you're progressing along, have conversation. Being able to interact with, give a little bit of vision shape. This is why. Did you see how that just came down and being able to explain and understand along the way. It's a sweet interaction between you and your child. When you lie down and when you rise up, that doesn't combine those together, it uses them separately. When you lie down, like making sure there's a little bit of a debrief. We used to always take that moment with our kids when they were little to be able to go through a Bible story or two and to be able to talk about that story for a moment and then pray together and then put them down. Like just taking a little bit of a moment together when they're lying down, when you're rising up, And this is a good practice for you too, by the way, to be like, is my day centered on God or is it one little moment of thought and I'm out of here? Like being able to take a moment when you rise to say, God, thank you for this day. Like honestly, I got a lot going and I'm ready to run hard, but I need to stop and say thank you for you and thank you for who you are. I worship you and I praise you. 
And then maybe teaching your little ones to do just a little bit of that. And uh, when you lie down, when you rise up, it says, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. Now, the reality is God was like, you shall bind them on your forehead and your hand, like as a reminder and as a thinking, like memorizing and understanding. There's sort of an illusion here. You need to be bought in on this and letting it affect what you do. But they actually read it very physically. So if you were a very Orthodox Jew, you would like put strands on your hand to remind you of the different commands at the different moments. And they actually wore a square box, I'm not kidding, a box about an inch by an inch on their forehead, strapped to the forehead, and inside the box was a little scroll of the Torah wrapped up and put in the box and closed down right on your forehead. Can you imagine how easy that talking point is for the parent? Dude, what's it say in your box? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure that the actual intent was so physical, but they did it very physically and they also followed along with it. And make sure you are thinking and agreeing. Make sure you are letting your hands work in agreement with all for God to get the glory. And he says here, then, uh, you shall write them on the doorposts and on your gates. And uh, he's not just talking about decor. Like, wouldn't it be pretty if this was written on your doorpost? Like, he's not just talking about decor. He's not talking about the welcome mat you choose in front of your door. It's great if you choose things that say it, but it's more than something decorative in your house that says it. It's are you living it? For it to be on your doorpost, for it to be on every piece of what you have in your house is saying you're making your house committed to God. You're willing to follow through with him to just take a deep breath, and be able to say, okay, God, I'm giving this to you. May you have my family. May you have this moment. Hey, parents, there's no more freeing moment than for you to be praying this to your God. I have no idea how to handle this situation. Like, Lord God, I'm handing this situation to you, and I'm going to try to be gentle, and I'm going to try to nudge him along, and I'm going to try to have him love you. Can you give me wisdom, Lord? Because I'd long to see them get this right. Like, praise God for that. Interacting with your Father in heaven as your amazing father and dad and God who's caring for you. May God get all the glory. Parents, I'll just say this. Make sure you're living it out. Man, be careful. The world is fighting for that. Careful for what role soccer, baseball, dance, all the millions of other things that are out there. Just careful because there's nothing wrong with playing baseball. There's everything wrong with we have blown off church and we have blown off Christ and it doesn't matter anymore, but at least my kid is a great shortstop. Be super careful to find balance in your life and you live it out where God gets all the glory. A godly parent puts God at the top, Jesus Christ honored first. I just wrote it this way. Daily, love Jesus with all your heart. Weekly, do not forsake the gathering of the assembly, Hebrews 10, 24. Man, don't miss out on church. Careful what you teach your kid. Missing church over and over and over and over for all the other distractions of life simply teaches. Church can be blown off. And then last, lifelong, Proverbs 22, 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Man, what you teach your child when they are little is what they will begin to execute when they are older. Teach them. Love the Lord, 
fired up about church, can't wait to make much of my God, the other pieces will fall in place as we run our lives and have fun and grow in Him, and God gets all the glory. And all of God's people said, our job is to lay our lives on the line for our King and worship Him with all we've got. We need to be all in. And then we just call our little ones to follow with us. We call our grandkids to follow with us. We call the kids we're nannying or babysitting or whatever to follow with us. May God get all the glory. And watch the tone, watch the tone, watch the tone. And all of God's people said, let's pray. Let's pray.